Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Two set pop. So when you sent me that picture of Taeyang on stage, uh, like the big bulge, <laughs> with the bulge, with yeah. the bulge <laughs> and you sent that to me and it was so hilarious because I literally almost sent that to you earlier, zoomed in because it was so distracting. Isn't like- it? It was so <laughs> distracting because I had waited to watch it with you and then you were like, you know, oh, by the way, I already watched it. Like, I wanted to, like, watch it together yeah. before we did research. Yeah. And so I watched it later last night, and I was like, holy shit, how did she not <laughs> text me about his bulge? Because it's clearly, like, the whole Man performance, like, even backstage, when they were receiving the award, I was like, it is this perfectly outlined v shape <laughs> like why is it why is I'm, it so large i'm so sorry <laughs> why <laughs> um uh. so hey welcome back yeah uh i'm kayla and i'm bethany and this is standing bts Yes. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is, too. But disclaimer, this is a comedy fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast, though. So if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, Jimin is so fucking flawless. He's an unbelievable combination of handsome and beautiful. Mm, But that's the truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or Jin's really been burning my heart with this charcoal hair. My Lord. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love that. It's really killing me. It's so, I mean, he just looks stunning. It really beats the blonde hair. Maybe people don't agree with me, (laughs) but it beats blonde Jin. This charcoal hair and this hairstyle. It looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're here for all of that, then you're in the right place. Um, Okay, I guess... uh, Damn, we need to calm it down a little bit because we have to talk about something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to get into this. (laughs) Yeah, we started off. I'm sorry. I know. I know we did. We started off. So, but okay, guys. Uh, So we have something to tell you and, you know, it's not without a lot of deliberation and Mm -hmm. hard decisions on our end. Yeah. We've kept quiet about it. We haven't, we haven't said anything, but we, we're going to tell you guys now. So, yeah. So 
unfortunately, this is going to be our last episode. Um, we there's a lot of different factors that like went into on this, both our ends on both yeah. our ends. But basically, my um, if you guys remember, I'm a teacher, and my school told me that. Basically, I can't be rehired if I continue the podcast uh, because it's too much of like a liability. And as much as I love doing this podcast, like I love my job more and I spent yeah it's your career years, it's my career yeah, it's and your I, passion. You know, I spent yeah and I spent so much time and you know money and it, yeah it's my passion to do that so mm. I mean it's without a question like you prioritize yeah. your career over the podcast yeah and and it's just heartbreaking that this has happened yeah. um but really on like my end too like balancing my professional life with the podcast I've always wondered if like I don't tell my my co-workers that I have a podcast or anything at the chance that like I'm being unprofessional or whatever it may be but also I'm traveling right now and we're doing long distance I've been really really busy scheduling time to record is really hard scheduling to research is really difficult um it just we love this, but also this is like your job and yeah. and your career and it's just heartbreaking. There's, yeah. It's really tough. There's really no way. There's just no way around it. And yeah, we've had to be quiet about it for a while. Um, yeah. Especially because April, April Fool's. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we, I that hope was we fucking got you. So sorry. <laughs> that was so hard to say and do. Oh my god. I like was actually gonna start crying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, we're sorry. It's we it's started April on Fools. such a positive note, so it was very hard to just like transition <laughs> into that. Um, but yeah, April Fools. April Fools. It's April Fool's Day right now when we're recording, and you know, we just had to do it to you. So we're sorry for putting you through that. There is no problem with me having I a hope podcast. None of you, and like, got real upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys are okay. We're sorry. Um, yeah. But April Fools. <laughs> April Fools. There's nothing wrong with me. Like my job knows about it. They're they're chill. They're they're chill. It's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Same with my job traveling. Oh my gosh. I think I've FaceTimed you more this week than I ever have even when I was in St. Louis. Yeah. So you guys, if anything, honestly, the traveling has brought us closer. Yeah. If anything, (laughs) like we have become even closer than ever while Mm -hmm. doing the podcast than we expected because we've been FaceTiming for all of our research and Mm -hmm. when we record. And previously when we were in St. Louis and Kansas city, we didn't even FaceTime when we recorded. Like it was really a treat when we got to record together because we actually got to see each other. But like, I absolutely adore FaceTiming for mm-hmm. research Me because too. it really is like hanging out. Why did we not do it before? I know. It's like the whole reason why <laughs> we started the podcast was so we could yeah. keep like doing BTS stuff when we weren't together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, it's not going away. We love you guys. We love this podcast. Sorry for tricking you if we if we did. JK. Just kidding. Um, so in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Save Me series webtoon uh, episodes 10 through 12. 
And before we get into it, we have to thank you, wonderful, amazing, incredible armies for being here and for supporting us. If you are a fan of this show and you want to show your support for us, you can do that by telling people about the podcast and by writing a review on iTunes or really wherever you listen. And then if you would like to go above and beyond and show us a little bit more support, you can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standing BTS. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing BTS podcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes. And guys, we're just so, so grateful for all of your support, whatever it may be, whatever form. We're just very, very appreciative. Yes. And we love hearing from you and we love talking to you. So thank (laughs) you guys for being here. Yes. Okay. So BTS news. We actually have a lot going on because comeback is near literally next week. Yes. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) Very excited. (laughs) Um, So comeback means concept photos and This past week, which was around March 31st, uh, we got version one and version two of the concept photos. So we we know that there will most likely be other versions to come. But as of right now, when we're recording the version one and version two released on March 31st are the only ones that we have gotten to see so far. Mm -hmm. But we just wanted to share our overall thoughts of what we thought of version one and version two. I particularly love 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 version two can't get over version two me too version one is really good too but there's just something about version two like them getting ready in the mirror in front of like Mm -hmm. it's just the concept is amazing and people are already analyzing like the background of these these concept photos and relating it to like different eras and Mm -hmm. I saw someone say that it's like a mixture between fire and wings yes yes I saw that too because they were like Mm -hmm. there's palm trees there's like whatever I don't know like like the pink bathroom it's a very summer spring mm-hmm. break vibe this bathroom that they're in reminds me of the bathroom that i like when i was in south padre for spring break looks a lot like the bathroom in south padre that i was at because mm-hmm. it was pink it was mm-hmm. painted pink that's probably the only reason but i maybe that's it but there's also like pictures of palm trees and i'm pretty sure the shower curtain has palm trees on it too so it's just it's different i love the pink I love their matching hair mm-hmm. to, well, not all the members, but most of the members, their hair matches their shirt. Yep. Ooh. I, yeah. <laughs> I also, I particularly love the version two concept photos also. As of this time, I think those are the ones that I'm really going to try to buy. But something about the style of these concept photos, I think you brought this up too, was just that it makes us feel like we're gonna get a perfect summertime album like Mm -hmm. just the perfect album to go along with this kind of fading out of winter into spring and summer like Mm -hmm. we're hoping for feel good I mean if we think about the intro that we got persona is such an anthem like it is we're just gonna hopefully like we're gonna get these vibes and that's what I kind of see from these concept photos too 
Mm -hmm. I mean, this album is coming out in April. I'm going to Orlando, Florida and the BTS concerts in May. So I just want all good vibes. And I feel that this album will be nothing but good vibes. Yes. Very excited. Super excited. So also what's coming up is the fifth muster and um, BTS had tweeted out uh, a magic shop invitation to all of the armies. And I'm not going to read the entire invitation. Uh, Maybe we might find the tweet and link it in the description if you want to go look at it. But Mm -hmm. um, basically they're inviting us in this very poetic and beautiful way to their magic shop. And then they are performing songs at muster also. So they were for muster. So they, um, they released the songs that they're going to be performing. Um, I can't remember what all of them are right now. I know that they're performing jump. They're performing jump, which is, <laughs> which I told Corey because that's Corey's favorite BTS song, which is so random, but I'm totally on board with it. But I said, Hey, they might have choreography for it. So he, Dude. I'm sure we'll be looking forward to that, but okay. I believe they're performing love um, maze also. Love maze. Yeah. Yeah. And, 134340 and mm-hmm. my city and another one but i don't know what it is because it's in korean yeah we'll have to look it up later I'm sorry guys. dumb and i didn't look it up before but i'm really excited for love maze like if you remember from our tier episode i pretty much said that like love maze was like one of my favorites on the album i love mm-hmm. that song i have wanted to see it you know like in a live performance so this is just gonna be awesome it's gonna be great yeah and okay so something else that i want to share before we get into our content of the week is just something that really made me excited and kind of relates to what's relevant to bts right now uh so jossia underscore xo on twitter this week tweeted at us and said that she was re-listening to an old episode which oh my god like that's so amazing it's Um, incredible that people go back and re-listen to old episodes that blows my mind yeah um such support thank you yeah thank you so she said she was listening to an old episode and that in the episode we mentioned the concept of persona while describing the mama 2018 vcr which i just Mm -hmm. thought was one thank you so much for like you know reminding us of that and two like wow what a random coincidence that we just happened to use that word like Mm -hmm. all the way back then and then this concept of persona is circling back like with bts resurfaced yeah Yeah. so i just thought that was very strange coincidence but very neat yeah yeah for sure yes thank you so much for pointing that out when when kayla said that to me i thought that is just so incredible I love that so, so much. It's just, you know, this whole persona, you know, this is like the name of the album, Mm -hmm. which is just so neat. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was super cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's get into our content of the week. So for me, my content of the week was Soaps V Live Mm -hmm. um, because it had been two years since soap has gone live together so they were live together and i just love their personalities together when they're hanging out because both of them are just 
purely themselves, but they get along so well and they have Mm -hmm. just incredible communication and they feed off of each other in such a good way. Um, Mm. I just loved watching it in the, in the V live, uh, soap broke up because they were like, well, it's been two years. Like what have we been doing? Um, but I then think by, that is so funny that they <laughs> brought so, that up. And they <laughs> literally really were like, we break up. Hilarious. I do too. I yeah. think it's so funny. Um, it's very them to, so to have them. done that or say something like that. Mm-hmm. By the end of the episode, they were kind of like, apparently we're being told by the staff behind the camera that we're getting back together tomorrow. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on top of what makes the V Live so great is also that Nam June showed up in the middle of it and he just looked handsome and incredible yeah. as always. We got to see the whole rap line together oh, God. in this V Live, which is a rarity. just great. A treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have not actually gotten to watch this entire V Live, but I the first thing I did when I woke up this morning was I texted you and I saw I had the notification that someone went live and I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And so when I pulled it up, I saw soap and I literally screamed out loud because it has been so long and I cherish soap. Mm. Soap is one of my favorite, Mm -hmm. favorite ships. Me too. And to be able to get this V live, I was so excited, but it was the morning and there was no subs. And so I only watched about like 10, 15 minutes of it, but I don't really know what goes on. So I have to save that for later to watch. Yeah. Very excited. Yes. You should watch. Yes. So my content of the week, wow, there's been so much content, but mine is again, kind of random, but it really, really made my week. And I actually had to FaceTime Kayla because I was freaking out about it so much. So under my suggested, I was watching just more recent Bonton Bombs because I've been behind on Bonton Bombs, but my suggested or what was coming on next just automatically was the hide-and-seek Jimin V and JK Bantam Bomb, where they are so, so young. I mean, I don't know how old they Babies. are in this video, but teenage boys, straight-up teenage boys. And obviously, I've seen this Bantam Bomb before, but I just sat and thought, oh, it's been a while since I've seen this and I've been been watching so much recent. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's just, anyways, it was, it was unexpected. And I thought, wow, I should just go ahead and watch it because why not? And they are so young and so cute and a little immature and super playful. And just seeing the Machne line at this age, it was so incredibly cute. Yeah. So cute. So fun. And so that's my content of the week because this is, go ahead and bleep it, but this Bonton Bomb is iconic. <laughs> Fucking iconic. <laughs> I mean, it is like. It is. We, everyone knows it. <laughs> everyone knows it. Okay. We watched it together when we first started researching for this episode because you were just mm-hmm. so into it. You wanted to watch it again. And I just love their little, like, basically, like, their schoolyard justice for how they make up the rules and how they dole out punishments when they inevitably cheat yeah. and it's just it's like you said it's super cute it's just cute you seeing see them do so it. much of their raw personalities coming through obviously yeah. they have matured a lot but to see this it, to see them in this vulnerable youthful adolescent stage 
is refreshing and so fun to just go back and look at them back then because I have been so consumed with the, the here and now because mm-hmm. Comeback is here and yeah. they're releasing so many Bantam bombs and concept photos and so on. So going back to this time and watching them at this young of an age was it was almost like unbelievable that I was watching it. It almost was new, like new content, even though yeah. I had clearly seen it before. Yeah. I I love that sentiment and I totally feel that like it's just it's reasons why we go back and re- we rewatch their old stuff mm-hmm. because it just yeah. takes us back. Okay, so we suck at transitions, but we're not. Yeah, what a great intro! <laughs> what Cheers a great. To that. I mean, let's th- get into this episode. We took you guys on a roller coaster, and now we're ready to dive in to this this main content of this episode. <laughs> we suck at transitions. <laughs> hey, so. um, so this week, obviously, as we said earlier, uh, we're talking about Save Me from episodes 10 through 12 we love doing this series um where this is our so into it we're so into it this is actually gonna be the second to last episode (laughs) of this one because how sad soon we will have chapters 13 14 and 15 and that'll be the end of the series wow so in this episode look forward to a little bit more information some kind of clarity and some good discussion about what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, So just as a recap, where we ended off in episode nine, um, they were in the hospital. Jin was in the hospital walking through and he had bumped into Jimin in the hallway. They realized who each other was. And just as they, you know, basically said each other's names, they both see and hear a doctor and a few other people like yelling down the hall, pushing Hosok on a gurney who is screaming in pain because he had just fallen down the stairs. So that's where we end up. That was the last episode. Yeah. So episode 10 begins with Jin waking up startled on april 11th so he's back at the beginning of the loop um he's huffing he's looking at his hands and he's basically just realizing that the day has restarted um it's obviously it's one of the first times that he has um seen it's like it's the first time he saw reality crack away with hosok like that and Mm -hmm. so he's just processing what he just saw and what it means and eventually he of course determines as always always, determines that he has to keep trying so he's just Mm -hmm. he gets back in his truck um in his truck we see several post-it notes and on the post-it notes it says all of like each member's name it says their location and their name and there's little check marks next to them as if (laughs) Jin is checking where they're at um and just you know like checking his day off like here I go here first then I go here um his thick felt tipped pens (laughs) checking away very dramatically yes who he saved Yes, there's this amazing like picture of him where instead of showing the post-its, it shows his face and he's kind of, his brows are furrowed and he's holding up this thick felt tip pen and he's just like thinking, which ne- which one am I going to check off now? Like he's just so mm-hmm. fucking determined. Um, mm-hmm. So he is driving around picking people up or, you know, saving them or attempting so next we see that it is May 10th. So just as a reminder, he gets 
to May 10th by traveling through the stairwell at the hospital. As far as we are aware of right now. What Mm -hmm. we're assuming, because it's the only thing that really makes sense for him to bridge from like saving Mm -hmm. like Jungkook and Jimin and Namjoon and Taeyang um, Mm -hmm. into like saving Yoongi and Hosok and Jimin. So we see on May 10th, Hobie walking on that bridge, the bridge we all know. um, And he's just looking super dazed, a little out of it. His feet are just kind of shuffling along. And then next we see his eyes close and he's starting to actually fall forward as if, you know, he's passing out. Um, Mm -hmm. He's falling asleep. So then as if, perfectly on time as we can expect at this point we see Mm -hmm. Jin catch Hobie from behind and there's just I just want to point out the one small bead of sweat that we see on Jin's cheek because it's like it shows he probably really hustled to get there like he literally Mm -hmm. caught him as he was falling like really just in the nick of time I still don't know how he knew exactly about the bridge yeah. and how he knew to be there. He did know that Hobie like had fallen and whatnot, but who knows? But he, he discovers and figures out somehow, maybe it was in previous episodes and I don't remember. I don't think Hobie's it was, on this bridge. but yeah. I could see him just like driving around or at least he probably knows where he lives and he mm-hmm. probably was able to find, like he knows where he works. He was probably able to find out like his work schedule where, yeah. and assume, oh, he's probably going to be on his way to work. So I'm going to go on this path. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is right then when Jin is like in the process of catching Hosok, uh, Jin actually goes right into a flashback uh, and he gets this flashback of Hobie and what we have kind of surmised is that this is the first time that they all kind of see him pass out. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of all of them together are hanging out after school and Hosok is dancing in the middle as the rest kind of look on around him and they're they're like cheering him on they're really enjoying watching him and then all of a sudden he gets dizzy and falls over and Mm -hmm. he ends up bumping his head so it's like this you know parallel foreshadowing thing going on He bumps his head and he brushes it off and he's kind of, you know, like laughing it off. Um, And everyone around him is clearly concerned, but they're kind of going along with his attitude. So they're just nervously laughing along with him. And we can see through the photos that are shown that it's from this event that he first first begins taking medication for his narcolepsy. Mm -hmm. And really the the comic and the drawings and animation of this do a perfect job of displaying how uncomfortable everyone feels when this happens, but how Hobie is just laughing Mm -hmm. and trying to play it off so casually, but everyone realizes how serious it is, but, but it's so uncomfortable in the same time to, to ask like, Hey, are you okay? Like what's going on or whatever. Um, but yeah, and so then he ends up taking the medication for the narcolepsy. Yeah, so then from here we go back into real time. So back from when Jin had had saved him on the bridge. So flashback over. Hobie then wakes up in Jin's truck as Jin is driving, and he yells out, Sok Jin, like he's 
amazed mm-hmm. at this point. He's in total shock. This is the first time that he has seen Jen because New Day had just started. Clearly, none of the re- the members or the you know all of his friends remember previous days of this this reoccurring event. So Hobie's like, "Whoa, is it really you? It's been ages." I you know he's just kind of in shock, like everyone else has been. Right. And Jen says, "Hey, take it easy. You just collapsed." And Hobie, of course, plays it off with his adorable half eye smile, his little crescent mm-hmm. crescent eyes, and he says. I'm totally okay now. Like, I'm just fine. You know, I didn't just collapse on a bridge. Right. Et and almost so, hit my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Hosok wants to know how Jin found him. And Jin is pretty evasive with his explain- explanation. Just kind of saying that he was driving by, had just happened to see him. And... Hobie really isn't buying it. He's in such disbelief that Jen just happened to be right there. It's been literally years since they've seen each other. Yeah. And Jen happens to be crossing paths with him right as he's about to collapse and pass out on this bridge. So they kind of have this short exchange about Hosok's narcolepsy and his treatment, how he's treating it, during which Hosok becomes also kind of evasive with his answers. Mm -hmm. And Jin, which I find so interesting, he asks, do you even know what's causing it? Like, do you know what's even causing this narcolepsy? Which is interesting that he mentions this because narcolepsy is this, like, condition that you... Yeah, that that there isn't a cause for it, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he asks, do you even know what's causing it? insinuating that maybe there's something more to Hobie's story, but we don't know. So right as Jin does this, he drops Hosok off at this intersection so that he can go to work because Hobie says he has to go to work, that he doesn't need to go to the hospital. He's fine. Right. So just before Hobie gets out, he notices all of the post-it notes that have these check marks all over them. And the names of all of their their friends from a couple years ago. And they're right on his dashboard. And Hobie asks, what's up with them? And he asks, is everything okay? Jin, of course, just smiles and says, Hosok, I'll, I'll see you next time. And that is when he leaves Hosok on the sidewalk and then speeds away. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting about this interaction is that they're both, like, really evasive with each other. Obviously, Jin Mm -hmm. is not giving up anything about the post-its. At this time, we're not really sure why he's, you know, not very forward with it. Um, There's a little more Mm -hmm. insight later on, but... um, it's also interesting how evasive Hosok is about, you know, his condition and what's going on and how all these people who used to be so close with him, they don't even really seem to know what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, and it's just interesting for Jin again to ask, do you know what's causing it? Because it's, I find that part to be very interesting. Yeah. So clearly there's some more going on. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the next that we see is we see Hosok at work and he's thinking back to that car ride with Jin and he's thinking about all of the post-it notes and just about how weird he was acting. So because of this, Hosok decides to meet up with Namjoon after work. 
he's questioning the perfect timing and the coincidence of all of it with Namjoon. He's basically just saying it doesn't make sense at all. He says, Mm -hmm. quote, it's been two years since we've seen each other. And then he shows up right at that moment. And June replies, right at that moment, you say. So both of them at this time kind of worry about Jin being in some kind of trouble. Uh, mm. But I feel like they kind of move past that or they probably still have con- some concern for him, but not as much because Namjoon says that Jin showed up for him too and said all of these weird things. And June kind of lets Hobie in and says that he knows a little bit about what's going on, but doesn't really understand fully. And that's kind of where they leave the conversation. That's just kind of all the information that they have between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So then we see Hobie hop on his motorized scooter. and mm-hmm. Which I have to intersect at this point. Yeah. the What is about to happen that you're about to say the whole motorized scooter thing, I just, I feel that there's more to this, that there's going to be more adding on to it because June becomes so suspicious or concerned that he's riding on this motorized scooter. But this has never come to surface before in any sort of uh, music, video. music video or notes or any of the storylines. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also do feel like this scooter is going to be it's more important than just showing up this one time. Um, Mm -hmm. Like maybe potentially in a, another storyline, if it gets messed up again, like maybe he doesn't pass out on the bridge. Maybe he doesn't fall down the stairs, but maybe he falls asleep Mm -hmm. on the scooter or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So we see Hobie climb on this like scooter and Namjoon says that it's dangerous and he shouldn't ride it. And of course, Hobie just brushes it off and says he's just borrowing it. Um, Next, we see Hobie at a stoplight and Mm -hmm. he just don't do this, by the way, but he pulls out his phone to look, read at a text message um, that he had sent to Jin. While he's on this motorized scooter. While he's on a scooter at a stoplight. Like, okay, maybe when you're in your car and it's parked, check your phone but when you're at a stoplight and you have to be aware of traffic especially when you don't have a shell of metal around you when you're on a fucking scooter like come on um so he's (laughs) he's just reading this message that he sent to jen that says call me when you get this and he sees that jen still hasn't read it and he's like man where is he what is he doing how come he hasn't read this uh And right as he's thinking that and putting the phone back in his pocket, he sees Jen in his truck a few lanes over at the same stoplight. Of course. So the light turns green and Hobie tries to get over recklessly because he he wants to follow him. And Mm -hmm. uh, we just see a big screech and then the chapter ends. So if this is all you have for those like that week, what a fucking cliffhanger. Um, It is a cliffhanger. Yeah. But I'm going to pick it up right here for you guys. So right at the beginning of... (laughs) We're going to keep going. Right. Right at the beginning of episode 11, we actually see Hobie's trying to cross over, but he's the one screeching to a halt because the cars are, you know, are trying to go around him and they're stopped and honking at him. Uh, Jin turned onto a different street 
and he didn't see Hosok, but he does hear all of the honking and kind of the commotion going on behind him. So he looks in his rearview mirror as he's hearing these honks. Um, he's wondering if there's like an accident or something. But mm-hmm. as he's checking the fucking rearview mirror, he passes oh, this part. This fucking part. He passes right by <laughs> Yungi, who's walking on the street. And because he was checking his mirror, he did not see Yungi as he passed him. It's just fuck, man. So, and of course, that's where he was going. Right. That's who he's trying to he, find. That's who he's trying he's to find. Even thinking about Hobie at this point, no, because in his mind, he's already saved Hosok. Yeah, it's just so it's so Ugh, frustrating. Poor Jin. I know the stress that Jin is having to go through every single day, perpetually. But all all of them are going through a lot. But wow. Yeah. So he passes by Yoongi and then we kind of fast forward to after sunset and Jin is still driving around looking for Yoongi. The next thing that we see is Yoongi standing on a sidewalk and he's looking up at this motel sign. Then we cut to a little shot of him in the motel room and he's burning his music. So at the same time that Yoongi is kind of in his hotel room and he's starting to burn his music, we see Hosok sitting at a 7-Eleven eating dinner. He's eating like some ramen. And Mm -hmm. again, he's checking that message that he sent to Jin, wondering where he is and why he hasn't heard from him or why he hasn't even read his message after randomly picking him up and, you know, saving him from falling and hurting his head on you know Mm -hmm. after two years of no contact Mm -hmm. so out of pure i think pure luck pure chance he looks up out of the window in front of him at the same moment as Jin happened to zoom by in his truck so hosak abandons his food and he chases after Jin uh and his truck on foot so he ends up following Jin to a burning building and he gets there just in enough time to see Jin carrying Yoongi out of the flames of this building. On his fucking back. On his fucking back. Uh, God. Just, it's so intense. It's so dramatic, but I'm on board with all of it. I love it so, so much. But we really have to talk about how J-Hope out of all of the other friends in the group coming across Jen crossing paths with Jen again we see a little bit with Namjoon who becomes a little suspicious wanting to know a little bit more about what's going on mm-hmm. but Hobie is the first one out of all of them to really start probing for information and to pursue he's so yeah, yeah yeah because he is so smart he knows what's going on yeah j-hope really when we were reading this we paused multiple times and we're like j-hope is so fucking smart like Mm -hmm. after all of this time of being so suspicious and worried and concerned about what's going on like he's simultaneously feeling all of these things for Jin and towards Jin, and then he Mm -hmm. basically catches Jin in the act of of coincidentally saving another one of their friends and just like he coincidentally saved him earlier the same fucking day 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of talked about and realized that when he went to see Nam June, that he was probably just probing for information. And oh yeah, yeah, he reached out to Nam June, who he probably hasn't talked to in at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Taeyong Nam June Hobie interaction, they they all seem like they may be kept in some sort of contact during this time period. But the fact that he reached out to Namjoon, you know that it must have been an extra effort, that he wasn't just hanging out with Namjoon every other weekend or whatever. Um, so he was he was looking for information. I Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you actually pointed out that he was the first member to reach out to Jin, to text Jin, to contact him in order to seek more information. Oh, mm-hmm. No one followed up with Jin after their first initial interaction with him. Yeah. They either were dragged along with Jin, like Namjoon, Jin was like, get in the car, we're going. But Hobie is the first one to have actually had seen Jin, encountered Jin, and then reached out afterwards to say, hey, I want to talk, can you call me, etc. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, it just, it shows how intelligent he is, and we just couldn't help but to parallel how realistic the personalities of the Webtoon characters are to the actual members of BTS that they are that they are parallel to, that they resemble. And so we feel that Hobie would do something like this, yeah. that this is his type of personality to, to catch on to something kind of suspicious. Oh, for sure. And to be concerned and worried and to not just accept or to kind of shrug it off. He is like, yo, something's going on. And I could totally see Hobie in in reality to do this. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about the other members that Jin has interacted with, the Maknes, they are so much younger in comparison and have a totally different dynamic with Jin mm-hmm. that they're more they're likely so to just... They're with their own lives at this yeah. point, as is everyone at that age. Right, and yes. they're just more likely to just listen to Jin and just, mm-hmm. you know, do what he's telling him. Namjoon, we know, is very intelligent, but he's also incredibly wise beyond his years. And so I think that he has the kind of wherewithal and the trust in his wisdom with Jin to just know the bare minimum and just let Jin do what he has to do and just know that he should not interfere in some way. And then J-Hope is so inquisitive and has mm -hmm. to know and wants to help seemingly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just want to go on a Hobie appreciation tangent, but I agree with all of this. (laughs) This is, this is how he is. This is, he is like water. He is so fluid. He makes everyone so comfortable. He, wants to reach out he's you know someone that that I feel that all of the members can truthfully be open to and talk to and he is concerned and worried about every single person yeah Mm -hmm. and that really just shows through especially in moments like this um Mm -hmm. so J-Hope arrives right as Jin is carrying Yoongi out on his back and Jin sees him and asks, why are you here? Because obviously this has not happened before. Nobody has shown up. Um, I guess that one time Namjoon showed up when Jin was looking for Jungkook, right? I guess mm-hmm. it's been so long ago that we didn't even think about that. But Namjoon yeah. kind of in that situation inadvertently was helping out. Like he wasn't doing it because he was concerned about like Jin. He just had Jungkook on the mind and happened to see him. Um, yeah. 
And in this storyline, Namjoon was the very first or has always consistently been the first person that Jin saves. Yeah. So I think therefore has been brought more into the story. Yeah, totally. Um, but obviously Jin does not expect something like this to happen. Um, he's because he's really, you know, doing this on his own. He doesn't expect the other members or his friends to like reach out to try to help. Um, and he just is continuing to take this burden of doing it on his own rather than having his friends help him out. But it's very possible that it's dangerous for his friends to help out because, you know, the first time that we really saw him bring all of them together to go on the hunt for Yoongi, they got in a car accident and they all died because Mm -hmm. of him. So I think he's probably just worried that giving someone more information is going to end that way. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's scared. He doesn't want to have to experience that again. Yeah. And it's also, he might be thinking this isn't the answer. I have to do it all on my own Mm -hmm. for it to work. So from here, we transition to the hospital and Yoongi is being sped down the hall on a gurney and they go in, they take him into a room to resuscitate him. And at this moment, this is the first time Hobie has gotten to encounter this. So he's kind of freaking out. He's talking to Jen back and forth about Yoongi and whether or not he's going to make it. And so... Right here is when we get a flashback and Hobie thinks back to the post-it notes that he saw on the dashboard and you can just see the wheels in his head like turning Turning. and he's trying to connect the dots from what he knows and he's just trying to piece it all together. So this is when Hobie just flat out makes this accusation at Jen and he says, suck Jen. You knew, didn't you? Like, you knew that this was going to happen. You knew that Yoongi was going to be in this burning building, and you saved him because, hello, the parallel, you saved me right in the midst of me about to to collapse on this bridge. So this is when Hobie, in the webtoon, begins to be very distressed. He he is matter-of-fact at this point. He is convinced he's right because he is right. He's very intuitive, So his face right here, like in this webtoon, is so vivid in our minds. Like the way that he he's just knowing he just knows what's going on. He's in disbelief because this is his first encounter with Jen and he's just piecing it all together. He's in kind of disbelief about it, but he he just knows that this is all happening. Mm -hmm. So he says um, to to Jen that something's up. He's infuriated that Jin is not clarifying things, that he isn't telling him what's going on. He's basically demanding answers at this point. Like, you need to tell me what's going on, what's happening right now. And the dynamic of both Jin and Hobie's personalities are being portrayed so, so well in this webtoon. Uh, They both clearly are youngs. Um, known for for taking care of their maknes, for their younger members. And it's just like their personalities in real life, like we said before, just parallel so well to the the webtoon. Just them wanting to protect and take care of their friends. Yeah. And so I think this is part of why Hobie is so mad. Yeah, because he wants to help and protect them. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And how could how could he help doing any of that when Jin is not trusting him to help out? You know, and when he clearly knows, mm-hmm. like, I think Hosok is mad because it's like, how could Jin not tell them about something this serious if he knew what was going to go, if he knew that it was going to happen previously? Like, you know, it's, yeah. it, I think it feels yeah, like something exactly. to him where like they should all know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hosok is very smart. He, he's piecing it all together. He knows that Jin knows something he doesn't. And so he yells at him what the hell are you hiding? And Jen, I know, right? And Jen, I think, fully understands Hobie because obviously they were friends, even though it's been a long time that they haven't talked or hung out or whatever. So Jen desperately reaches out and clenches onto Hobie's jacket and he begs him to just let him explain later and to not have to explain it in this exact moment because one, he's very concerned about whether or not Yoongi is going to make it. I mean, he just carried Yoongi out of a burning building. Uh, I think he was a little later than he was expecting because he had passed him on the road previously. Couldn't find him. Yeah. Couldn't find him. uh, Didn't see him when he had passed him. So yeah, he, is concerned at this point in time whether or not Yoongi's going to make it. And then, two, secondly, he's very unsure of the repercussions of telling his friends exactly what's going on because of his past experience with letting his friends know what's going on and what to expect. Because when that did happen, like you said before, they all got in a really bad car accident and they all died. And he had to watch literally and see in front of him all of his friends die Mm -hmm. which is so tragic and and so of course he doesn't want to see that again he wants to avoid that at all costs so in this moment he's still so unsure so he doesn't want to have to explain to Hobie what is going on even though Hobie is being so persistent about it so Hosok he sticks with wanting to know what's going on Like, he's not going to leave without an explanation. Mm -hmm. But he also knows Jin very well and knows that Jin is being, I mean, desperately grasping onto his jacket, pleading him, hey, please, I will tell you, but just not right now. So he settles to wait in the lobby until Jin is ready to tell him. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, we're kind of hoping from that, like, oh, maybe he'll talk to him and we'll get some answers. Uh, we don't actually end up seeing that at this time, uh, because while Hosok is waiting in the lobby of the hospital, he thinks that he sees Jimin walk by. So he chases after this person um and he ends up even chasing like following him into a stairwell and they're going up the stairs and he yells out for him he yells out jimin's name and the person turns around and it turns out it's not jimin so because of this hobie gets a little bit embarrassed and i think in this embarrassment he almost slips and he almost falls backwards down the stairs but somehow in the cosmic coincidence of this bts universe jimin comes up from behind and catches hobie from falling and you know it's just kind of this crazy he thought that he saw him but it wasn't him but then he saved him and they both end up looking at each other in just complete disbelief 
and they sit down in the waiting room together and just start to kind of catch up on their lives. And in this conversation, Jimin confides in Hosok that he really has no idea how long he's been in the hospital. He says something like his clock stopped ticking a long time ago. Um, He just, he has just no concept of how long he's been there or when he'll get out. And in this moment, we really see how sad his eyes are like just so much despair, no hope, just, just it's terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. Hobie kind of replies and he says, you know, I know how it feels to be, to feel like you're the only one frozen in time. And because I've, you know, felt the same before. So at this time we get a flashback Mm -hmm. of Hobie when he was a child and he was such a cute little kid with this big huge smile yeah so cute and those you know crescent shaped just eye smiles and these big lashes Mm -hmm. and in this flashback it's pure joy just pure joy in this flashback it's in black and white and we see visions of uh, a carousel and some balloons and then we see again the young hosok and he's grasping a candy bar as a woman in a baseball cap is kneeling down to him and telling him to close his eyes and count to 10 so we sh- we see a shot of young hosok counting to 10 and then a close-up of his excited face when he opened his eyes but then the next shot we see is current Hobie with this heartbroken expression obviously just thinking back to that moment and Mm -hmm. this is just you know another one of those times where we're seeing that he's being abandoned but really when we saw it this time we started to question like we know that this is his mother and we know that he that you know she abandoned him at a fair she leaves him she just left him like why carnival yeah why how why it has to be it has to be some sort of extreme reason in my in maybe not but if i were to realistically think about a mother abandoning their i mean gosh he looks like he's 4 yeah. in this in this comic he's so so young maybe 3 or 4 and he's just he's this child and for a mother to abandon him, uh, and to me, it, it seems like an extreme reason, whether she could not financially take care of him, whether or not his narcolepsy was taking place at this point, which may or may not be true because Jen kind of insinuates that there's maybe another reason to why he's had this narcolepsy. But anyways, it's just, it's hard for us to comprehend a mother doing this to their child. Yeah. And we're just like, why and how? There has to be some sort of extreme reason. But if you were, you know, just thinking about Hobie's position here, going back and looking back and thinking to his his childhood when he was playing like hide and go seek with his mom, like it was a it was a child game mm-hmm. and to count to 10 and for his mother to have left and to never see his mother again. Yeah. <sighs> I just it's just so so sad what I thought about when we saw this was you know she abandoned him somewhere where he couldn't even it wasn't even an area where he could get help 
it wasn't at a hospital. It wasn't mm-hmm. near a, you know, like a public like service, like a police station or a fire station or, you know, somewhere where somebody would see him and would know to help him. He's at a crowded fair. And I can just imagine mm-hmm. this young Hosok opening his eyes first, like, you know, trying to find his mom and then it turning from just a game into a desperation to find her and just getting really Panic. worked up and panicked. And I could see him eventually mm-hmm. like passing out because of the stress and the trauma and the panic of, yeah, he does look like a little four year old kid. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. that this can be kind of the you root of. You are absolutely right with that. Yeah. I think that this could be kind of the root of like where his narcolepsy comes from. I'm also thinking back to that one wings like video where we see that it said that he has Munchausen. So maybe he has Munchausen's and thinks that he has narcolepsy Mm -hmm. and it just kind of manifests because of this super traumatic incident that he has as a child and the medication Mm -hmm. is actually what's making him pass out. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of where we're going, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, but no, no, I'm totally on board with that. I totally agree with, because like we said, like we knew that his mother from just the storyline and the music videos and all of it, we knew that his mother had abandoned him at a young age at this carnival, but We never knew really why. We never really knew the narcolepsy component of it. So yeah, I, I really do believe that, you know, maybe his, this, this passing out or whatever has been a sort of PTSD or it's like manifested in him since, but I do think like having just as, this is just kind of a sidebar, a side note, but like we've seen repetitively of, of people who either like abandon their children or you know have to leave or whatever like a lot of them will want to have their child have fun and remember this happy memory so maybe that is why his mother took him to a fair or a carnival to spend this last day with him as then, this kind yeah. of optimistic thing and then she abandoned him that's just I think a very common thing that could be yeah. potentially why she did it then and there because he was having fun and he was a child and he was having this very happy memory before she left. I think that totally makes sense. Um, I just want to wrap up talking about this chapter by saying uh, that we just kind of see from this conversation between Hobie and Jimin uh, and kind of realize for the first time that both of them have very similar um, kind of feelings of abandonment where Jimin is abandoned and, you know, mm-hmm. locked up in this hospital and Hosok was abandoned as a young child. So, Right at the end of this, Hosok asks Jimin if he wants to get out of the hospital, if he essentially, if he wants to break out. And again, a little bit of a cliffhanger because Jimin hesitates and then he doesn't answer, or at least we don't get an answer in episode 11. Yeah. Okay. So then we go into episode 12 and this begins with Hobie calling Namjoon. And he is yelling through the phone about what's going on with Jen. He is demanding, like, something's up, something's going on. And Young is there with Namjoon in his, like, you know, his home. And they're there together. And Young can hear Hosok through the phone. So then we cut to Jen sitting next to Yoongi in his hospital bed, wondering 
how many times he's seen this before. Obviously, he has seen this so many times. He doesn't want to see it anymore. Mm -hmm. I just really feel for Jen in this comic. But, of course, he has this everlasting determination. And he says that he's never going to stop trying and that he has to find Jimin first. He ultimately decides, I need to find Jimin. Uh, So he starts running up the stairs. Maybe to go forward in time... We don't know. May 10th, it's all very kind of yeah. up in the air. Yeah. It can get kind of blurry and confusing. But as he's going up the stairs, or he's about to go up these stairs, he turns around the corner and he is stopped by Young, And he is leading just, I mean, everyone. Jimin, Hosok, and Namjoon down the stairs. And... Hosok is glaring at Jin. Like, he is mad. He, He's, you know, accusing Jin of something with the way that he's staring at him. And Jimin looks terrified and unsure and scared. And then there's Young who has his arm out. Like, he is just protecting Jimin. Like, mm-hmm. he has his arm outstretched over Jimin's chest. And Jun is kind of chilling in the back, but also kind of like, hey, dude, you know. What's going on? And so Jin asks what they're all doing there. And Taeyang says that they're there to rescue Jimin. And he says, quote, we're breaking him out of here. And Jin starts to think to himself right in this moment. And he says, he's trying to think to himself. And he says, there's no way that this loop is going to work. That the, the current loop that he's going through it's going right. to crack away. It's not going to work because the last time that the members all tried to help him, like we Damn. have mentioned several times prior to this, they all got in a car accident and they all died. And so he says, quote, they're in too deep beyond my control. And mm-hmm. after he kind of comes out of this self thought process, Young is praying. He's these praying hands out towards, towards Jen, begging Jen to help them break Jimin out of the hospital. He looks like desperate. Like we have to do this. Please help us. And Jin starts mm-hmm. to wonder to himself again. If they'll even get into a bigger accident. Once they're all out. Like once they get Jimin out of the hospital. That they will all just die again. And mm-hmm. of course Jen is tired of having to go back in time. He's trying his hardest not to tell any of them about what's going on he's just trying to save them all by himself and you know we just have this kind of conflict between this internal conflict that Jin is having but he's also hearing his really close friend Young, and he's looking at all of his friends in front of him who are like advocating for Jimin like we need to get him out of here and Young at this point he's saying that even if they may not know what's exactly going on with him, Jimin is miserable and he needs to get out of here. And so Jin at this point tries to convince them to stay, but Young says that Jin doesn't know anything about Jimin's situation. And Jin realizes that this is true. Like he doesn't know anything about Jimin's story or quote his final moments, which I think is just so sad and tragic because he knows that every single one of his friends have this final moment. Uh, so he, yeah, it's it's just terrible. So then, honestly, Taeyong kind of gets through to Jen because he doesn't know. And he's figuring it out still. 
He doesn't know why Jimin's in the hospital. He doesn't know why Jimin looks so sad. Mm -hmm. And basically at the end of this conversation in the stairwell, Young looks over his shoulder and says, if you don't want to help, fine, but get out of our way. Like, don't get in our way of it. And Young looks so mad. And honestly, Namjoon, Hobie, and Young, all three are kind of like, yeah, Jimin is miserable. We need to get him out of here whether or not Jin is on board with it. Yeah, and also, it's weird that Jin kind of has this, like, almost like he thinks that he is going to have a final say over it, like, about what they're going to do. Um, because mm-hmm. clearly, all of the other friends are there, and they're like, we're busting you out of here. And to them, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy that Jin would be against it, because he can clearly look at Jimin and see that whatever's going on in the hospital he's doing so poorly, you know, he's miserable. Mm -hmm. So Jin asks Jimin if he had indeed agreed to tag along. And at this moment, Hobie gets very angry and he gets in the way saying that Jimin had been there for two years and that his parents locked him up there. So this is the first time, um, at least that we can remember that the members knew something about what was going on that Jin did not know. So this was actually pretty helpful. So June then said, it's been two years and he goes on to say, whether we were happy or sad, at least we weren't locked up, which is like, fuck. Like that is really when we both felt like, yeah, like they have gone through a lot, whatever has been going on in their lives has been bad for all of them but at least they had some sort of control over their lives because they were not locked up but Jimin is there and he's locked up has no say in it isn't allowed to check himself out yeah I mean yeah absolutely like it it is really just so tragic like Jimin's situation and I'm so glad that like Namjoon pointed that out yeah I think that was like a poignant um, kind of maybe that's not the right word but just a, like a perfect little thing for him to say because mm-hmm. I think that really made Jin kind of back down like Namjoon always knows what to say Young again goes he goes on to say happy or sad you don't get to choose anything inside of here so collectively as they kind of push by Jin they all say so get out of our way so Jin is kind of standing there and he's rethinking his position and he's kind of open now to the idea of uh, trying to help Jimin escape. But before he helps out, he says once again to Jimin, it's your call. Do you want to stay or get out? So right at this moment, Jimin has a, a flashback. Uh, so he has a flashback to when he was admitted into the hospital. So... During this flashback, his mother tells him as she's walking out of his hospital room, not even looking at him, just we just see the backside of her. And she says, basically, um, I can't help you anymore. This is where you're going to stay from now on. She then just, I mean, awfully, she gives him this little glimmer of hope that that she says maybe if he gets better he can leave someday but mm-hmm. i it's it, it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that she yeah. never has an intention of him getting out mm-hmm. i mean it's been two years that he's been in there and, yeah. and we know that so clearly 
She just wants him there. Yeah. So he yells out to her, but um, obviously she doesn't respond. The next thing that we see is a shot of Jimin's feet that are dirty. They look to be covered in like muddy water. Um, at least mm-hmm. it's the best we can tell. And with this art style, it looks like muddy water. So next we see that he's in a bathtub, the big bathtub from like the um, shit. What music video? I need need you you from I need you the big bathtub Mm -hmm. he's sitting in that and he's scratching at his ankles underwater and we're just gonna say right now we don't know what's up with the ankles guys like he has these kind of scratches or like scars on his ankles and we don't know what his fixation Mm -hmm. is with like scratching them or what caused them in the the first place Um, but they're there and they're always present Um, Mm -hmm. and they make it a point to show him scratching at it so maybe it will come up later so Mm -hmm. he's sitting in this tub and he sinks down into the water or maybe he's just consumed in the moment but he's thinking about what happened at the grass flower arboretum and he's also thinking about the splotch of blood on like the concrete floor and wall and we also see this time or at least maybe this is the first time that we noticed it but there's like a shadow of a person kind of standing over this splotch uh so that's Mm -hmm. the flashback and then the transition kind of out of the flashback is very well done because he goes from thinking back to being in the tub and the arboretum to being present in the stairwell standing there but we see a shot of his feet which is how he's seeing them as he's coming out of this flashback that are all he's barefoot and muddy and scratched up and then those feet are standing next to the rest of the members who are wearing their you know their jeans and their shoes and they're you know just normal and then the next Mm -hmm. shot that we get as he's standing there is his feet standing in like his hospital slippers so he you know he fully snaps out of it and then he looks up at them and he determines that he wants to leave he wants to get out of there so they Mm -hmm. all respond with okay and they say we don't have much time to start and they start running down the stairs to you know presumably find an exit yeah get him out get him out yeah right so it's go time as they are yeah they are fleeing the scene here. They're like trying to just get Jimin out before the night rounds of all of the medical staff coming through to make sure he's there. Um, in this time, when they reach the front doors of the hospital, they are randomly and just perfectly timed. They are stopped by Jimin's mother. As if fate is interceding and saying this is not the right yes, way. Fate is interceding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she walks in the doors right as they're approaching and says, where do you think you're going this late? And she looks, I mean, she just has no patience to deal with him like Jemin or seeing him with his friends or any of that. And so she pulls him into this hospital room and she starts questioning and lecturing Jemin She asks why it's so hard for him to stay put, uh, which makes me think that maybe he's attempted to flee before. Mm -hmm. Um, She asks, like, who those people were, and Jimin responds with saying that they're his friends. 
And she just so demeaningly says, you don't have any friends. Like, really? How um, unfucking necessary. Unnecessarily demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so she goes on and asks if those friends, quote friends, are those troublemakers from high school who always skipped class. And what makes me so proud, um, but also very much resembles Jimin's personality, is mm-hmm. that he fights back. Like he doesn't, you know, He's strong. close off or shut yeah. down when his mother's present. He's strong. Yeah. Given the circumstances, he stands up for him and he stands up for his friends And he says that he, too, skipped classes. Like, it wasn't just his friends. He was skipping classes with them. They didn't make him. And she then makes the excuse that he was sick, and that's why he did it. Quote, sick. Right. Um, But then Jimin, he gets, not even somewhat, he gets heated. He threatens his mom, do you even know what kind of illness I have? Do you even know how I'm doing Or, you know, why I'm here, what I'm doing in here for. Mm -hmm. And his mom gets mad because clearly he's making very good points because she maybe knows his illness, but she clearly doesn't know how he's doing. She clearly knows why he's here and it's for the opposite reason to why he thinks he's there. Mm -hmm. Um, So his mom gets very mad and... uh, and upset with with him pointing all of these things out and bringing all these things up. Then Jimin shouts, I want to get out of here. You know. And, right. He's fucking and pissed. That the reason, yeah, rightfully. And he claims that the reason she keeps him in the hospital is because she's embarrassed of him. Which is probably the truth. <sighs> That's and how she's mom acting. Instantly. Yeah. She Right when he says, you know, because you're embarrassed, you keep me here because you're embarrassed of me, she turns around and slaps Jimin across the face. And she shouts, so it's my fault you're in here, huh? It's my fault you have seizures. Um, And this is such a, not a mom thing to do, but like, you know, this power of saying, hey, you do have seizures and Mm -hmm. that is why you're here, even though it's not. Uh, but to to have slapped him across the face and to bring it to this point, like she's she's clearly trying to make him feel uh, feel guilty and yeah. for you know the reason why he's truthfully there, which is not the truth. She's a terrible human being. We come to realize this. So we kind of suspect in prior episodes that there is something medically going on with Jimin. We saw that shot of him and Hobie sitting together at the bus stop. And previously I had mentioned maybe it's PTSD. We don't really know. But we knew that something medically was happening with Jimin. So here is when it's really confirmed that Jimin has either a seizure disorder or something of that uh, that sorts. Right. But we still don't know what happened at the Grass Flower Arboretum. So it could have been, you know, that and something else coupled with it or like still PTSD stuff or something going on. Like we really still don't have the full the full idea. Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't. I mean, he maybe at the Grass Arboretum, he had a seizure, fell and bled and therefore she took him to the hospital and he's been there ever since. We don't really know. But so Jim and story is still kind of kind of a blur. 
uh, still some question marks there. But she gets really sassy with Jim and tells him that if he's got a problem with with what's going on, that he needs to say it right now. And before Jimin even gets the time to respond, she grabs like her coat or something and walks out of the room and clearly is guilt tripping him. She's clearly guilt tripping him and says, God, you have no idea what hell you put me and your dad through. And she leaves. Mm. So once she's gone, Jimin cries to himself and says, I've spent two years alone in here doing nothing. Today's the first time anyone has ever visited me. (sighs) Fuck, man. Like, in all of that time, his parents never visited him. And obviously something happened with all of the friends where, you know, it seems like issues simultaneously happened where they all kind of fell apart and never talked. So none of them ever visited him. And then this one day his friends are suddenly there ready to break him out and his mom stops the whole thing like and he he just he can't help but to just sob by the end of this um we kind of we cut away from him for a second and we see Jin, and we're told that it's may 12th So we see Jen sitting alone, slouched over in the hospital, in a hospital waiting room, just kind of on one of those chair benches. He Mm -hmm. gets up to walk around to just kind of stretch his legs, and he hears medical staff members running into this room yelling, Mr. Park, Jim and Park, Jim and Park, we know you're in there. We're opening the door. So Jin, just obviously inserting himself into the situation, uh, he follows Mm. the staff into the room that they're going into uh, to see what's going on. And he sees Jimin in the hospital bathtub with his head and body underwater, uh, kind of like being weighed down by something. He's wearing like a, a... a a t-shirt also but he's you know just kind of floating underwater as if he you know was trying to drown um after Mm -hmm. Jin sees this he runs uh in front of all of the medical staff I don't know how they allow him to get up in front of everyone but he starts pulling Jimin out of the water and he grabs onto his shirt to help kind of pull him out and he gets him out and uh, you know, just immediately right after he does this, right after he pulls him out, reality cracks away and the episode ends. That's how it fucking ends. That's how <sighs> chapter so, 12 ends. Yeah, chapter 12 ends with Jim and dying in a bathtub. And what I'm the most fucking pissed about is that the fucking bathtub from I Need You, the bathtub that we have seen so much, it never once going mm-hmm. through this series um, dawned on us that this bathtub is in the hospital and that he mm-hmm. is resorting to this action because of being in the mm-hmm. hospital. Like clearly mm-hmm. not getting yeah. the help that he needs or the service that he needs. Um, clearly having such a poor quality of life in there because 
you know, everybody has forgotten about him. Nobody visits him. Everybody's moved on. No, he, he feels unwanted, you know? Um, it's just, I mean, a fucking shitty way to, to, to live. It's tragic. And it's, yeah, it's tragic. Yes. Because yeah, being in the hospital, he's there to be rehabilitated, to be, uh, to to get better and to go home and to continue with his life, but he's perpetually being held hostage in this hospital, again, you know, against his parents' decision, and and so this is, it's really just so tragic his story and kind of with euphoria, we knew that their that Jim and story is just so different mm-hmm. because we see all of them happy together, but Jimin is just not there he's not on the same page as everyone else at least everyone else has the freedom to to go about their lives and make decisions for themselves but he's being held hostage in a hospital yeah yeah it sucks so on that very sad sad note um this was our fourth installment of the save me series the next episode in this series will be in three weeks which will cover chapters 13, 14, and 15. So hopefully in the next couple chapters here, we get some sort of resolution, a little bit more clarity. If you guys haven't already, go back and listen to our previous Save Me series episodes. Uh, We are very, very thorough with this. We're so invested in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you haven't been keeping up with the webtoon, or maybe you don't have as much clarity to the webtoon, go and listen to those because it really, we're trying to be as thorough as we can to to bring a conclusion and overall resolution to this huge, massive storyline yeah. that has been going on since 2015. That my has Lord. just been a big fucking <laughs> theory fuck of a question mark for so many years. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yes, yeah. by chapter 15, because that is the last chapter in the webtoon. Hopefully we have some sort of mm-hmm. resolution and not just some sort of kind of thing that we're going to have to infer things or like wait for more oh, stuff. I'll be infuriated God, if they I'll don't give us so answers. i so fucking mad. <laughs> okay, so um, if you guys enjoyed this episode or if you have enjoyed any of our previous episodes, there are a few things that you can do to let us know. Uh, you can write a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That's really huge. It helps people find us and it also builds the prospect of us eventually getting some sponsors. And um, we just, before we go, we want to thank you guys so much for all the kind reviews that we've gotten so far. And anytime that you reach out to us about an episode, it's just wonderful. Um, so you can also mm-hmm. reach out to us, um, if you don't want to write a review or if you've already done that, you can email us or you could contact us on any of our social media and you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.